actually effective intercession is hearing God's heart about our situation and then praying that, declaring that, crying that out back to Him. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast. It's a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. I'm Anna and today I'm joined by Matt and Grace. How are you guys both doing? I'm doing really well, thanks, Anna. It's been a lovely day today. The sun has been shining. Yeah, same. I'm doing really good, thanks. Yeah, I literally just came back from on campus and it's really good weather. So, yeah, exciting day. That's good. Yeah, Grace and I were just saying that both of us have lost our voices in the last week. So if anyone else is listening and you've also got the winter flu, then pray for healing and hope (laughs) you're doing okay. (laughs) But yeah, we stand with you in that. So yeah, we've got a really cool episode all about prayer and intercession and what that means. So we'll be hearing from James Aladdin, who's the co-founder and director of Prayer Storm. But before we hear from them, it's time for our link up section where we link up the connection between faith and justice whilst chatting to one of you or someone new. So, so Matt and I have already introduced ourselves over the last couple of episodes, but today we're meeting a new guest. So, Grace, do you want to introduce yourself, who you are? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so hey guys, my name's Grace. I'm a third year politics, philosophy and law student at the University of Warwick. And a bit about me, I'm just very passionate about us as a people, us as the church, stepping into the fullness of what God has called us to, whether that be through justice and whether that be through prayer. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Fun fact, I have a twin. So yeah. That's cool. Were you born first or were they? Um, Yes, I was born first. So I was born 16 minutes which is quite a lot of twin time actually so what type of twin are you grace we are identical twins. i think we look very alike all right nice yeah but you do or don't think you look alike i do think we look alike but i don't think we look alike as much as people say have you ever tried to pretend to be your twin because we didn't go to the same secondary school like it wasn't something that we did but we did do it this summer because i had a lash appointment that i couldn't be wanted to go to so (laughs) she took that she went instead yeah I love that. That's not as like dramatic as like pretending to be her on like a plane or something. But why not? Do you ever do it at church or is that like too holy of a place? Don't touch that. <laughs> no, no, we haven't done, but you know, you never know. This Christmas might do that. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. But yeah, so Grace, you talked about like your passion for like prayer and you're also sharing a bit about like the intersection between prayer and justice and what that looks like so yeah I the way I know you is like I've been at church with you I just saw you yeah it was so cool like like just praying in tongues praying for the room yeah just God really spoke to me about you being like a trumpet who can like shout and rejoice and like bring the walls down when you need to and yeah this is all like linked to justice as well would you mind just sharing about what you yeah care about when it comes to prayer what you think like how does that link to justice and just what your heart for it is Mm, yeah I think growing up like I never really understood prayer I think it was I knew it was something we did it was something that I did but I didn't understand how simple it was in a sense where like I just view prayer to be communication with God and really just especially intercession just standing in the gap and yeah just standing as a people someone who's available to communicate with God and hear what he wants to do in the land and really just pray for other people out of love pray for whichever environments I'm in whether that be my church or uni or the UK or the world just yeah really just standing in the gap and I don't know like I was thinking about what do I really believe like intercession to be and there's a verse that I came across quite recently in 2nd Chronicles 7 where it was God talking to Solomon 
And the context of it is Solomon had just built the temple and God speaks to Israel as in his covenant people. And he's like, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and heal the land. And I kind of imagine God saying something very similar to us in this generation. If my people, as in us being God's covenant people, the church, the ecclesia, if we in this generation would humble ourselves and really just stand in the place of prayer and really just communicate with him and partner with him to see what he wants to do here on earth, then we would really see the whole of the United Kingdom, the whole of our world, whether that just be our friends, our family, we would see the name of Jesus glorified. So I kind of love that imagery and I like to think of intercession in that way. Amen. Yeah, that's really cool. Matt, how would you kind of think about intercession? Growing up in the church, even my time as a youth leader and prayer meetings were growing up sort of the the meeting that people wouldn't, there wouldn't be a massive turnout for. If, mm. if there's going to yeah. be like a, a praise and worship session or something like that, you would get everyone there. But prayer meeting, people wouldn't, you wouldn't get the same kind of head count, so to speak. But I think over the years, what I kind of have got to know, it's all about relationship. And prayer is just an opportunity for you to develop your own relationship with God. And I feel like the same way that any friendship starts, you first meet someone, you get to know them by name and things like that. And then you go into deeper detail about what your likes are, what your dislikes are and things like that. You're building your own personal relationship with God. What we kind of don't understand though is like God is already there. He's like in terms of relationship level, God is like already way up here and we're sort of down here and we're sort of like getting to know God for ourselves. But also prayer, sometimes people can just see it as listing off all the things in your life, uh, this, this, that, mm-hmm. on, on the other. And I think as well, sometimes we forget in, in relationship, communication is two ways. And sometimes we need to take time to listen as well. Like, what is God trying to say to us uh, for this moment? What is, what is God's heart on a particular thing or topic? Yeah. Um, relationship is the takeaway for me. Yeah, that's so good. Prayer's really boring if you don't let God speak back because it's just you like throwing up loads of random stuff. And I think like when we make it too much of like a rigid thing of like having to say this, this and that, Mm. it just becomes a lot of like us controlling it. And I think like in the last two years where I've started to like properly like try and like listen to God and see like hear what he's saying just makes it way more exciting because Mm. it's like, oh, I actually believe that you are partnering with me because I'm like either hearing or seeing something that you're saying. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, great. Okay, cool. Like, let's roll with that and like, see what happens. I've always found God's vision is like way more bolder and more mm. courageous than mine ever would be. So I'll say, I'll, even about justice issues, like I'll give him something and be like, I care about this. Like, what are we going to do? And then he brings it back and is like, oh, I believe. So I think that part of prayer, I've like, I just find really exciting. Actually, what we see isn't the end. It's what he wants to redeem. That's the part that Christians should partner with. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And I think in a sense, prayer and and intercession rather bring a lot of hope for us. And I think like, I really love what Matt was saying about how it's a conversation and how it's more so a dialogue rather than a monologue. Because it's like, if I'm doing, if I was talking, no, if Anna was talking, I wouldn't let Anna stop talking. And I just shut her up and I said oh what do you think and then I answered what I thought then it's rude you know so it's like I kind of think mm. of that in terms of our relationship with God like there's also the talking part but there's also the listening part which I guess is kind of very hard to do in our society and it's not something that we're kind of taught about so learning that and like relearning that I guess is such an interesting process but yeah I kind of have a question for all of us what do you think effective prayer habits are and how do you think we can kind of do that like when we're talking about intercession yeah I guess for me it's being consistent is important so Say, for example, if you're 
training, right? You, you're going to the gym, you want to, I don't know, you want to get fitter. Mm-mm. So if, if you go once every six months, you're probably not going to make much progress. But if you go several times a week, you're going to make progress. You're going to see growth. You're going to see development. And I suppose the same with prayer life as well is the, the deeper your relationship with God is going to go, the more your relationship is going to grow. And yeah, as, as a relationship deepens, you kind of find that there's more to talk about, more to discuss, more to, to learn about the, the things of God as well. And something as well that came to mind for me is in First Timothy chapter 2 in Paul's letter, he's urging Timothy to pray for kings and all those in authority as well. And I think with everything that has been happening around COP26 and decisions that have been made and things like that, our prayers can have impact on this world. Yeah. Even in the lead up to COP26, I know a couple of us on campus, we were really passionate just about seeing, because I guess it's very daunting because it's like COP26 and justice issues in general Mm. are happening globally. But it's like there's a part that we can play locally. So what does that look like? That looked like for us just praying together, praying and seeking what God would have us do in terms of COP26 and Coventry. So um, part of like a community that I'm in, a girl did like, we helped her do like a campaign on how we could all switch our bank accounts to more ethical bank accounts and it's like Mm. recognizing just the different small ways that we all have a part to play and I think it's a really good way of envisioning the body of Christ because it's like the arm is doing something the leg is doing something and Mm. like you said just us partnering with God in prayer it becomes less about us but more about him I know that it's like a balance and I think you can't just rely on other people to like pray with but I've definitely found in in times when I feel like I'm weaker in my prayer life getting together with friends and consistently like going through a psalm a day or something just helps me like get back in the groove and and then it's like okay I like realize why I love prayer or like why that's important or like just feel like I'm strengthened again and then I'll go off on my own or something and then do other things but I think trying to not be too legalistic that it's just like me in my room with God or like that I have to be in my room in silence I think one of my suggestions about effective prayer habits is like finding a place where you really can focus like I wouldn't be able to pray in a cafe unless I was like journaling just because there's so much going on there so often like walks or a place where it is just me like I do find more helpful like before even we start praying I think is knowing where we're at like knowing who we are before God and whether that's like you feel like you've been sinful that week and like you just don't feel like you're worthy to be there then like reminding ourselves of that scripture in Hebrews about like the like mercy and grace that's over us and how we can be like bold or in other places like if you think you're like too small for God to hear your voice like that he has literally raised us and seated us in heavenly places so like that's our position that we talk to and like whether you're a son or a daughter like you're talking to him like your father but he's also your Mm. king and having that balance yeah I think the way we view God can really shape the way we like pray to him so I think yeah yeah, I just encourage like if you feel like God's angry at you like come to him and be like show me how much you like love me or if you feel like he's I don't know not listening to our cries on justice like say to him but you like reign in righteousness and justice so like show me that you like do have power over that and I think that real like back and forth especially a lot of my like wrestling a lot of my questions I've really heard like God answer them that's been really powerful for me I like I didn't come from a church that like we pray in tongues like very 
openly from the front and stuff I didn't even know that like people would pray for longer than an hour that just wasn't like my upbringing and I like really like randomly found friends who would do that and it was suddenly I was like oh wow that's a really cool park prayer like I want to do that but I read this really excellent book called The Rewards of the Secret Place by Ian Christensen and he says something about praying tongues that I loved speaking in tongues doesn't make us better than anyone else it just makes us better and however great or small we may be the gift of tongues enlarges us to be more effective in prayer and intercession and I think I've definitely found praying in tongues has like enlarged my capacity and ability to like pray for longer so if you can't pray in tongues and you want to like if you ask for the gift God's a good father who wants to give that and if you can like just keep exercising that muscle because that's really like helped me yeah yeah I love that and I think it is about exercising the muscle because it's like there's a sense of frequency and also intensity and like the times where I haven't been able to pray for long periods of time or I just couldn't do it community really helped me as well but I think another thing it sounds really basic but I think I overlooked it a lot is just literally praying from the bible because when Mm. we don't have the words God has already written the words to Mm. give us that really helped with praying from a place of authority like you said we are seated in heavenly places just a bit of encouragement in terms of that as well thank you so much grace for coming yeah and just the like the amount of joy yeah whether you guys can see it or not there's so much like joy coming out of grace and like all of us were just smiling and stuff so thanks for sharing that and grace is such a testament to like whatever your age like that doesn't stop you from like teaching with authority speaking out the word of god like speaking what he's doing this time but yeah do you want to share your instagram handles or anything yeah i know um yeah my instagram <laughs> So I have two Instagram pages. One of my Instagram pages is just my name. So at Grace, O-K-U-T-B-O. And then my other Instagram is at Living Life Gracefully and then an X. But yeah, um, feel free to follow me on those. And yeah, I just share a bit about my life and what I'm doing. So Awesome. So if you're tuning into our podcast and want to submit a question of your own, head to the at We Are Tear Fund Instagram and send us a DM or leave us a voicemail asking a question or sharing your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Hello guys and welcome to our The Plug In section. So we plug into what's going on in the world, offering a perspective based on our faith. So welcome to this guys. We've got Anna and Matt with us. Now to keep us on the theme of crazy times of prayer that have had an impact on justice issues, we each wanted to share one story that's inspired us personally. So, Matt, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so the story that I'm going to be sharing today is around Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And for those of you that don't know the story, there are some people that really didn't like what Jesus was teaching and preaching, and they just didn't like anything that Jesus was doing, this particular group known as the Pharisees. And so they had, through a series of events, got it to a point where they had plotted against Jesus to have him crucified. Uh, Jesus was aware of this, so he went away with his disciples and he just wanted to pray. And he's just kind of praying to God, saying, God, I know that you've got this thing that you need me to do, but if possible, could I not do it? But regardless of that as well, let your will be done, not my will be done. And uh, that is literally the 32nd version of a massive part of the Bible. But in that, it means that we have all been, we have the ability to be saved by grace through that that Jesus took. And it's kind of reminded me of there might be times when there's something really difficult that we might have to do, that we might be worried about or things like that. And we just need to pray for the strength, the grace, the courage to push through 
I love that, Matt. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Anna, would you like to share something as well? Yeah, I mean, wow, Jesus. The amount of selflessness that he went on, yeah. that, yeah, like breaking off from the father and not being able to like hear his voice for a while yeah. just for all of us. It's just crazy again, like the selflessness and his love for us. This is kind of the story that goes, well, everyone always says like, break my heart for what breaks yours, God. Um, but it actually, I didn't realize that it originated or came from when Bob Pierce, who's World Vision's founder, was praying. And he said, let my heart be broken with the things that break the heart of God. Yeah, it's like so cool that from that prayer that launched him, like launching the charity and like, of his care and compassion and obviously it's like different now because yeah the charity's like moved on but I think it was just that reminder again to like ask God for him to like put on our conscience put in our spirit put in our hearts like the things that he wants us to really go for and persevere in and care about and grieve over and then be used and I've definitely seen God like bring me to a place of like grieving or repentance or like a real openness to what he wants to say and then he's used that heart posture of mine to then take me more into like justice so I think, yeah, it's just really cool that we can ask God to frame us and shape us how he wants us to be and then see where that goes. I love that. That's really powerful stuff. I wanted to share one of Martin Luther King's prayers. Obviously, we those of us who know who Martin Luther King is, Martin Luther King Jr. So he was a big leader in the civil rights movement back in the day in America. So when it came to racial injustice, he was one of the spearheaded leaders of the movement to bring about reconciliation and to lead people in the activism. But something I love about him is that before he was a civil rights leader, he was also a reverend um, and a pastor of his church. And it was from within the church that he led in that movement. And I just find that so inspiring. But I wanted to share quickly just one of his prayers. And this was one of his prayers that he recited during one of his radio broadcasts from um, Baptist Church in Atlanta. So this was from back in 1953. And it's all about the forgiveness. So I'm going to quickly read it. It's, O eternal God, out of whose absolute power and infinite intelligence the whole universe has come into being, we humbly confess that we have not loved you with our hearts, souls and minds, and we have not loved our neighbour as Christ loved us. We have all too often lived by our selfish impulses rather than by the life of sacrificial love as revealed by Christ. We often give in order to receive. We love our friends and hate our enemies. We go the first mile but dare not travel the second. We forgive but dare not forget. And so as we look within ourselves, we are confronted with the appalling fact that the history of our lives of us in the history of an eternal revolt against you. God, have mercy on us. Forgive us for what we could have been but failed to be. Give us the intelligence to know your will. Give us the courage to do your will. Give us the devotion to love your will. In the name and spirit of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. And I just love that prayer. I think it's yeah. a really powerful one. There's one line, forgive us for what we could have been but fail to be. And I just think all of us at some point within these issues of justice, sometimes we just either are not awake to what's actually going on and the role we can play. Um, yeah. But here it's just that prayer of like, forgive us for what we could have been, but have failed to be. But then it's that asking God to give us his mindset and, and his love in all that stuff. So I really like that. So yeah, so we've just shared some cool stories there. That's really, I feel really inspired from this, guys. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, I feel really like... Yeah, moved by yeah, that. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us for the plug-in section. Hello, everyone. I'm just so excited for this conversation. I'm with James Aladarin, who is the founder of the Prayer Storm Movement. But I'm going to get him to introduce himself. But before that, I just wanted to really honour him for his prophetic calling, the way he speaks into this generation, the way he's waking up the UK and UK churches for prayer and intercession and worship, and also just his apostolic gifting as well in terms of 
pioneering, calling us to spiritual warfare and war and doing things for the kingdom. So yeah, he's just super great. Really excited for you to hear from him. But yeah, James, would you mind introducing yourself? I think you already did it. <laughs> uh, so it's James, a veteran, and uh, yeah, uh, I moved to the UK when I was seventeen, and that was in two thousand and one. And my parents are missionaries, and so really have a heart for the UK, and uh, just lots of promises and prophetic words God's spoken over this land and this territory of what He wants to do. And so we have been just contending for more of God. And so Prayer Storm is the ministry that we lead, my wife and I, and a team of people. We've been on this journey for many years now. And our heart is to see a prayer revolution because we believe that's at the center. That's that's really significant at the core of all, what God wants to do in the nation. It has to have that DNA of prayer and intercession in it. Mm, amen that's so exciting I used to be that like that student at uni who wanted to pray for like longer than an hour and all my friends thought I was quite intense but then I came on to prayer storm and watched it and like met other people and realized that there's other quote-unquote intense Christians out there who are calling for that so yeah that was just really cool for me so before we kind of go into how you've discerned your calling what God's done and what you're building and the way that you've talked about yeah just like moving for the kingdom and following prophetic words I wanted to ask you what do you wish you had known when you were a teenager? Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was already a Christian. I was already kind of giving myself to God. I wish, I really, really, really do wish I would have started investing longer hours and seeking God a lot younger, like for my early teens. The reason why I say that is some of the fruit of investments that you make, you don't see in that moment. Mm. I know right now I'm walking in fruit of investments I made maybe a decade ago. And so I really wish I had more of a revelation of the importance of just investing countless hours with God, not just praying for material things, but actually investing in getting to know the Holy Spirit, investing in the Word, like just giving my time. I wish I had a greater revelation of that because I believe I'll be a different person today. Well, I mean, you already spend quite a lot of hours in prayer now. So <laughs> yeah, I think... You would just be praying 24-7 if you'd started before. <laughs> I mean, maybe do. I, I, think, I think what would happen is I would, I would be a lot more, I'd be a lot deeper in God. I'll be a lot mature in God. I would have a deeper revelation. And that might seem like a big word. Okay, revelation is not just idea. I'll have a deeper experience in God. And the consequence of that is greater impact for the kingdom. And, you know, impact is often can be misunderstood it doesn't mean a bigger ministry necessarily it's just a bigger impact in the spirit realm because you know i'm involved in leading prayer storm right now it doesn't mean i feel like i know everything or i've arrived or i'm this mighty mm. man of prayer i want to go deeper if in fact that's really at the heart of why prayer storm started it didn't start because i felt like i had the answer or the solution it just started because i had a call from god however in that i am also pursuing growth myself so have you ever heard Christians that people that got saved maybe when they were 50 or maybe when they were in their older kind of years, like 60 years old, they get saved and then they kind of go, oh, I wish I got saved when I was younger. Then I could have given more mm. to God. I don't know if you've ever heard people say things like that. Well, I was saved from when I was a lot younger in terms of my awareness of God, but I really do wish I had gone a lot deeper earlier because then I'll be further along in the journey than where I am right now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of Christians kind of look back and wish they could change. But I think sometimes it's also where the Holy Spirit is being yielded 
yielded to the Holy Spirit. I think the more mm-hmm. I've been open and yielded, the more I've seen him transform me. So sometimes about the heart posture as well as the time. But yeah, I listened to one of your, uh, whether it's a talk or a podcast, just about how you finished uni and you didn't get a job and you just prayed for a while. And then if I've got it right, that's kind of where part of prayer storm was birthed out of. And I, yeah, I just love a couple of examples of that, but also like the prayers that you prayed then that you're now seeing come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I finished university, actually just to back up a bit, before I went to university, I actually had a strong desire to go to Bible college. I wanted to, I just felt God's call on my life. I don't know how you explain that apart from just a desire I felt to serve God in the capacity of one mm-hmm. thing right now, whether it's teaching, preaching, ministry type stuff. And just to clarify, ministry is not always just on a platform because I want to remind people that Daniel was in full-time ministry and he was a politician. So <laughs> don't think yeah. to be a minister, you have to have a pulpit and preaching. You could be social media influencer and be a minister in that context. You could be you know, a full-time IT consultant and be a minister in that context context i just want to just clarify that when i had when i said i had a passion to serve god it's in this context of what i'm doing right similar to what i'm doing right now in a church capacity leadership capacity in a church environment and so i i felt i needed to go to bible college and not just that i felt i needed to go i had a strong desire to go this was before university but when i finished university it was like the desire had completely gone not that i didn't want to serve god in my capacity anymore just i it was like i just felt there was no need for me to go anymore and so at this point I wasn't sure what I was going to do next so I took some time out to fast and pray and I went on a Christian I went to a Christian retreat center I think I spent about two weeks there on my own just pressing into God and just seeking him and it was in that time a lot of things started to formulate in seed form in my heart about prayer storm. I mean, I didn't know it was prayer storm, but it's the same DNA that we're running with today, which was from Joel 2.28, where the Lord says, you'll pour out his spirit in our flesh. So it, it is a long story, but to keep the, to make the long story short, <laughs> uh, it eventually led to me, I went to a conference in America. I had a, a significant time there and just encountered God a couple of conferences. I came back to the UK with just a passion, increased passion for prayer, increased passion for seeking God and I spent hours and hours just praying and in that time I didn't know how I knew I just had a conviction within me that I did not need to waste my time looking for jobs and I always make this clear that this is not something I would say to anyone else that even as a Christian I was just finished university I'm going to say well look for a job unless you're like yeah, yeah. you have an encounter with God this is not a formula this was a conviction thing it was a faith in. And sometimes faith can be an impartation from God where you're not working at it, you just know. And it was one of those things where I just knew it wasn't like I had doubts in my heart, it wasn't like I was worried, I just knew. Plus, my parents were supportive of me spending time praying anyway. So, you know, and I was living at home with my parents, so there wasn't an immediate kind of pressure for me. By the same time, I knew the right job would come. So the first job I had, I was contacted by the council. Then it was Trafford Council, and I did a job there. And then that was not connected to anything, but it was just a job I was doing. And then the next job I had led to everything I'm doing right now. And I was working for a ministry called the Message Trust, doing prayer and uh, doing video production, which is obviously connected to what I studied. So one thing just led to the next, and literally it was just clear that God was ordering my steps. And 
I didn't need to try to work something up in my own ability. Mm. Yeah. And you talk about how people, like you're calling people to be people of prayer, purity and power, especially in your book, Life on Fire. So as you were growing and pioneering this and stepping out, like were there doubts? Was there, you know, the enemy trying to like dismantle what you were trying to do? Like how did you keep going knowing that, yeah, how did you keep being obedient and following the calling that God was placing? When God speaks to you, that oftentimes the enemy will come and test the things God has said, just like he did Jesus. You know, God said to Jesus, the Father said to Jesus, this is my beloved son, and I'm well pleased. And, you know, a few verses later, the enemy comes and says, are you the son? If you are the son, do this and do this. And so you just see that as a pattern in terms of the way the enemy works, where when God speaks, he brings doubt, he brings, you know, things to just question. He did that with Adam and Eve. You know, he likes to question things that God has said. And so for me, when God was calling me to do this, I did have a, a increased faith to step out and start gathering young people to pray but the the question was often around the the area of you know not being qualified not being good enough and not not being this uh, incredible super powerhouse of prayer <laughs> Whatever that's supposed to be, you know, like yeah, I don't know if I'm the right phrase. person to do this. If I oftentimes I'm like, Lord, I'm sure you have better people to do this. Why, why on earth have you asked me to do this? Look at that guy over there. Look how he's praying. Why on earth are you asking me to, <laughs> to <be laughs> pray? Yes, I love to pray and I want to grow in my prayer life. But Lord, are, are you sure you got the right person? So there are times where those kind of conversations, like obviously that just me in the flesh. But sometimes if it gets really bad, the enemy can use that as a way of trying to shut me down. And, you know, I've done this long enough to know the enemy is a liar. And so, you know, there are ways you just shake that off. And the times you walk in obedience, but inside you're feeling that kind of sense of insecurity. It's okay as long as you're stepping in faith. For example, Peter stepped out of the boat, rather, to walk on water based on the word that Jesus gave him. And that simple word was come. So he received that word. He stepped out. Now, this is the interesting thing. The fact that he was walking on water did not mean he wasn't in those moments feeling like, oh, my goodness, is this really happening? Oh, my goodness, am I going to sink? Obviously, he took his eyes off Jesus and started sinking. The point I'm trying to make is stepping out in faith, walking on water does not mean you negate the sinking feeling that comes with that process. Mm. So there are times where you could have that sinking feeling, but you're still stepping out, you're still walking, you're still obedient. And so I think in that place, it's where we actually can learn to go deeper and go. Because he comes and just brings order to insecurities and brings truth where there's lies. And the process causes growth and causes more confidence and you grow more. And as someone said, new level, new devil. So the more you grow in God, the things that the enemy will try to use, depending on your level of maturity and growth, to try to pull you back down. Uh, but uh, if you're truly walking with God, the stumbling blocks that the enemy brings would always become a stepping stone. It's like what the enemy means for evil, God can turn it around and will turn it around for his purposes for his good to the glory of his name so anyway there you go no yeah it's so encouraging i think for like you and for other people as well to just have that sinking feeling but still stepping forwards because i think yeah. sometimes it can feel like the walk of a christian's perfect so if you are like doubting things then you must be doing something wrong rather than it's just part of the natural i think that's what like i i feel like i've been conned sometimes in what the church has told me about like prayer or about like the walk of a disciple so i think now i'm realizing it is much more of a 
the battlefield, but Jesus is always the one that like conquers and is victorious and redeems things. So yeah, it's just so great to hear that. Yeah, yeah we're a justice charity. So I was just wondering from your perspective, what you think the connection is between prayer and intercession and worship and the warfare of that and even just the triumph of yeah being victorious in the spirit connected to practical action with justice work or even just yeah seeing things in the spiritual realm that like shouldn't be there how would you kind of pray for and intercede with justice issues yeah jesus gives us a, an amazing picture in luke 18 about a woman that was crying out for justice and she kept going to the judge and asking for justice and she wasn't receiving favorable response but her persistence meant that eventually she was able to receive a favorable response and then jesus said how much more in other words he was using her persistence as a picture of prayer and then he ends up saying when the son of man comes would he find faith on the earth and what he was referring to there is the type of faith that is persistent and so when we're talking about justice first off the bible says uh, righteousness and justice are the foundations of the lord's throne so this is a core part of who god is it's not disconnected mm from who he is. And so understanding that is so key because we cannot step into the essence of who God is without stepping into the reality of intercession and prayer. And so let me just back up a bit. When we talk about intercession and prayer, it's not something that we humans on earth are just supposed to do as believers to exist. It's like, this is how we, just like breathing air, you cannot live and thrive as a Christian without prayer. Just like you can't live mm. on earth without air and oxygen and so you look at the godhead in terms of the father the son the holy spirit um romans 8 tells us that the holy spirit is an intercessor he helps us to pray and then hebrews also tells us that jesus ever lives to make intercession for us and so you put that together you realize two-thirds of the godhead intercede so <laughs> for me that mm -hmm. is a huge huge point to make because some people think prayer is just this thing we do when we want God to do something for us and it's just for some lady at the back of the church that has nothing else to do and everyone just sends her their prayer request. yeah like the old women prayer warriors exactly. yeah and that is a distorted perverted view of prayer God himself does it so if God himself does it who are you to think it's not for you in fact Jesus when he lived on earth he prayed so much and if there was anyone that had an excuse not to pray it has to be God himself Jesus I mean, he's God in human form on earth and he's spending hours through the night praying and you think you're okay with just two minutes of prayer. I mean, who do you think you are? So the point I'm trying to make is God does <laughs> it. So prayer is such a core part of the way he set the universe to run. So you cannot try to establish justice on earth, which is its very nature in terms of that's a, that's a core part of his throne, his government. You cannot seek to see his justice manifested and dis connected from aspects of the way he runs his government and the way he runs his government is via intercession <laughs> intercession prayer the church releasing our cry to god and it's not just it's not just us saying to god what we want him to do actually effective intercession is hearing god's heart about our situation and then praying that declaring that crying that out back to him because you don't know how you should pray says that romans 8 again we don't know how we should pray but the spirit enables us so effective prayer is actually being empowered by the spirit not just the fact that we're stirred mm -hmm. about an injustice on the earth 
earth. Okay, let's take trafficking, for example. Any sane human being, Christian or not Christian, will feel a sense of anger when you look at the trafficking problem in the earth right now. So there's nothing wrong with feeling that anger. It's, it, is, it is good that you feel that. But if you're going to pray and see real change, you need God to impart to you his heart about that situation. And when he begins to impart his heart to you about that situation, you start to feel things on different levels and see things from different perspectives, not just the victim, but even the one that's perpetrating the crime. You start to see all kinds of perspectives. And the prayers that cause real change are the prayers that are empowered by the Holy Spirit himself. And so when he begins to inspire your heart and then that spills out into prayer, one, the prayer becomes more enjoyable. I'm telling you, I find prayer a lot yeah, for more sure. fun for when sure. the inspiration is coming from God and is just spewing out of my mouth and I could feel that river. It's a lot. You can spend an hour, two hours praying and it's a lot more fun that way than if you're trying to just stir up all the energy in your flesh and try to, you're going to get to a point where you realize the flesh can't pray. In fact, it's not natural to pray. It is supernatural <laughs> to pray. That's why you need the Holy Spirit to empower you. So you can't really see true justice on the earth without the help of the Holy Spirit through intercession. And I know we have justice systems and all that, but even our justice, our laws, our systems on the earth, they are a distortion of real justice because God is the just king. And even though we have all these systems in place and all these laws and nothing wrong with that, but ultimate justice really is found in the Father. The, the foundation mm. of that government of his throne is righteousness and justice. Not just justice, righteousness and justice. Those two, they're like two legs that the government of God stands on in, in many ways. And so uh, all I'm trying to say is we can't see real justice without a revelation of intercession. Yeah, for sure. Do you have like testimonies of when you have declared things out and you've seen it change or when you've like tapped into the governmental nature of God, just to share with the people listening? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking right now of uh, some circumstances that my wife and I have been through. This is maybe 2014. I'm thinking now, just as an example of time in our life where we're just stepping out on what God has said to do, which was to set prayer storm up as a charity. And so we were obeying the word of the Lord. And, you know, like I said to you earlier, the enemy comes and tries to discourage you of all kinds of things. In this case, it was your circumstances to make us question if we were doing the right thing or not. So uh, we were at the time renting in this house and it was one thing after the next. We had all these people that had promised to support us as we were setting up this charity. It was literally like one thing after the next, they all just started saying no and everything just falling apart there. And then the house we're staying, we got kicked out of the house and then we had to move to my wife's parents' house. And so my wife and our baby and, uh, and myself were staying in this room at my wife's parents' house. We moved in there and her mom had a breakdown. It was literally like we brought the warfare to their house and it, everything just went crazy. At that moment, mm. I remember I was praying and I was like, oh, Lord help us. But I was praying in that time and uh, through a friend had a word that, you know, you know, the next thing that I was going to go was, you know, my car was going to break down. And so I thought, no, that's not going to happen. Anyway, we prayed. Well, one day I was about to, was about to go to church. The car was just dead. And I was like, goodness me, this is just strange. So it, it literally felt like everything in my world was just being shot down. Stepped out of faith to start this thing. Uh, no money coming in, no house, living here. Wife's parents going through a breakdown as we've moved into the house. No car. I'm thinking, okay, how are we going to move forward here right now? Because now I'm thinking, I've got some invitations to go and speak in different places and I feel stuck because I can't get there. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm borrowing yeah, cars. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, anyway, point is, it was just like a crazy time. Well, that's just to give you a backdrop to what was going on as I was praying a prayer. And in that time, I was just praying and just actually what I was doing just about every day, I was spending about an hour just releasing declarations over my life, my family, and the things that I knew God had said. Also, in addition, in that time, relationships around my life just started to shake and break. Like it was like, <laughs> it was like the perfect storm of everything. It was like relationships that were solid, you know, issues came up, you know, everything was just chaos all around to the point where I was like, like what I knew I was in a spiritual battle. Uh, and so I just kept declaring God's word and kept praying consistently. And the reason why I'm sharing this is even though I started praying consistently and praying, speaking God's word, the situation did not change in a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was about three months later. And this is how I knew there was a shift in the natural. Like, so imagine this going on for months and months. And then three months, like literally in the space of one week, it was like the whole thing just cleared up, you know, health, charity, things sorted, settled in the house. <laughs> it was like it, relationship came in order. It was literally like, you know, when Jesus just spoke peace to the storm and he said, let the, you know, mm. what, what did he say? And I said, peace be still. And it was just like a calm. It was literally like that just happened one day after the other in, in a period of a week. And I could, I just looked back and was like, wow, that, that's, that was really the hand of God just bringing peace uh, into uh, this situation. And then there's several other situations, you know, personal ones, particularly that my wife and I have gone through uh, sometimes health, sometimes uh, just oppression of the enemy and fear, sometimes financial challenges. And, you know, sometimes we've just spoken God's word. And a few hours later, we've seen an instant manifestation of a shift of wow. God's provision. You know, uh, for me personally, I think this might relate to lots of teenagers out there or young people, you know, young adults listening to this. You know, if you read my book, there was a section where I talk about depression, where I'll have, uh, uh, I guess, people would describe depression today in a context of mental health problems. For me, it wasn't just a chemical imbalance, because I know I understand that sometimes that could be the case where, you know, there's chemicals in the brain. I'm not degrading that at all. But for me, I knew it was a spiritual thing. And I want to say, I know for a lot of people, it's a spiritual oppression. I could feel that oppression where I just want to lock myself in a room, don't want to see anyone, you know, just that whole feeling of just hopelessness. And the only way I could see that shift was when I started to pray. It took so much courage to actually pray. It was like everything in my emotion and my will was that the last thing I wanted to do while I'm in that place of heaviness. The last thing I wanted to do is speak out God's word. The last thing I wanted to do is worship. It's like everything in me is just rejecting that. And that's not actually me. That's the enemy trying to just turn me off from the very thing I need. And so in those moments where I have summoned up courage by God's help to just speak out, to just pray, I found that gradually it's like my spirit starts to build and boom, this thing that's like just a cloud, a blanket of heaven is just broken off. And I've learned how to warfare by breaking through in my own life. So if I'm praying for someone, even mm. in a prayer meeting, I'm able to push till breakthrough. And when I say breakthrough, till the sense of a greater release of the presence of God over that situation, because I've experienced that for myself. And I've noticed that uh, many young people 
in fact, not just many young people in the church today, you can go through all kinds of oppression, but then, uh, especially in this area of depression, but then sometimes there's just the resistance to speak out God's word. In fact, the tendency for many is just to keep silence. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. And uh, he, the Lord is giving you the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And that sword is activated by your mouth. So you have to release sound, you have to release words, you have to release declarations of God's word to stand against the enemy. Anyway, those are some examples of many other examples of God moving as we've spoken his word, as we've prayed. Some of them have been instant and some of them have taken a while. In fact, right now, there's still things that we're contending for. So it's a process of being a warrior. Oh, sorry, I'm going on in a preach right now, but I, I want to say this, I'll hand back. I, I love it. <laughs> it. A lot of people think we're just here to just say, oh yeah, God, just bless me. Oh God, just give me a nice job. Oh Lord, just give me a nice husband, a nice wife, a nice car, a nice family, a nice ministry. Amen. No, no, no. God is wanting to train you to be everything he's called you to be. And part of that training process is training you to be strong. It says in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord. So that God's not called you to be weak spiritually. He's called you to be strong spiritually. That means you're going to go through things that would test you, would would help you to gain that strength. You don't gain strength in the gym by just going to the gym and looking at the weights there and admiring them. No, you have to lift them. And if you're going to lift them, there's going to be some pain in the process. So no pain, no gain. So God is going to cause you to lift some mm. spiritual weights, which is building your spiritual stamina. All I'm trying to say is God has called us to be warriors and warriors don't have it easy. They, they have to be trained. So you may be going through a difficult circumstance right now. How about you look at that as an opportunity for you to grow? in your spiritual stamina because when you come out of it God can now use you to help other people come out of you I'm talking to you now about how God brought me out by me using my mouth and that's encouraging you to use your mm -hmm. mouth and as you start to do that you become an encouragement to someone else you see what I mean anyway I'm gonna stop there <laughs> I think that point about stamina as well, about making sure, yeah, that you keep asking the spirit to empower you, to encourage you, to, yeah, bring you to a place of, like, courage and keeping going. The fact, I mean, that you prayed for three months before you saw, like, a week of stillness and peace come. I mean, like, most people would quit after, like, two weeks or something and just be like, this is what my <laughs> life looks like now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just such an encouragement. And, like, you've definitely grown my faith through what I've been seeing. So, yeah, I'm sure it will for other people as well. I'd love to just let you promote everything that you're doing so that people can get more involved before you pray for us and then we can finish there i have your book right here i'm only halfway oh, through great. but i've been really enjoying reading it so yeah you could kind of share about that and just what else you're doing for other young people to get involved in oh thanks anna well uh the book life on fire has been really a summary of uh, quite a lot of my journey over the last few years i believe it would really be a blessing to uh, any young person because um in this world we live in especially in the west there is a perspective of spiritual things that's lacking and what the book does is uh, it just helps you to see things in a slightly different way in terms of the battle that we're facing right now in this generation. Uh, it's, it's about the Elijah revolution. And so I want to encourage you to check that out. I've, in fact, I've had some amazing testimonies of how the book has just changed people's lives. The pastor got in touch with me uh, some weeks ago now just sharing. In fact, he came to see me. It was like, James, this book has revolutionized my life. And he was like, I just ordered boxes and we're doing a whole devotion. <laughs> 
here the month in our church. Every member is getting this. And we're going through this book. I was like, wow. And he told me his story. It was deep. I'm not going to go into it right now. I know that God's mm. going to use this to really bring freedom to many people. So definitely do check it out. It'll be a blessing to you. Other than that, you can find out more about Prayer Storm on our website. We do conferences and join online or come in person if you want to. And they're generally around the themes of just things I'm sharing with you right now. Growing in stamina, equipping the church in prayer and intercession and just calling us to be everything God's called us to be. And also prophetically trying to discern what God is saying in this season to the body of Christ. And so definitely want to encourage you to check all that stuff out. We're very easy to find online and I'm sure you'll find lots of things that will be a blessing to you. Amazing. Yeah. And if anyone's listening and you think, whoa, I really want to get to that position of stamina and prayer, like there's so many videos on this channel as well, which are about like how to do this, how to fast, how to pray, how to build this. You can join in with them at midnight as well when they're praying for a bit of accountability. So yeah, everyone just check out their channels. But yeah, James, before we close, would you mind just praying for everyone listening to this, just sharing your anointing with them, your own stamina to build them up in the faith and yeah, just wherever you feel led. Yes, yes. Father, thank you uh, for this podcast. I thank you for every person that is listening right now uh, to this as you're stirring their hearts to want to just go further in you. I ask right now, Lord, that you would begin to release a fresh fire and hunger over them that they will not settle for where they've been. But Lord, I ask that there will be like an infusion of hunger, strength, courage to pursue you. Uh, Father, where there's been a sense of just giving up hopelessness and a sense of just insecurity or just believing deception, uh, the lies of the enemy where there's been deception. Lord, right now, I ask that your truth would invade, your light would invade, uh, that hope would arise right now and that they will begin to run after you. They would run and not grow weary. They would walk and not faint. That they will mount up with those wings like eagles. They will do the natural things supernaturally and they will do the supernatural things naturally because of the empowerment of your spirit. So right now, Father, I release your spirit of life over everyone listening right now, even those that are struggling with depression, those that are struggling with perversion and addictions. Lord, right now, I speak freedom. Let those chains be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Let their minds be clear. Let their hearts be open to like the release from heaven right now. Let their hearts be, uh, come in sync with your voice, with what you're saying right now. Lord, I speak to every seed of your word that has been spoken into people's hearts over the years or even right now, where the enemy has tried to just uh, uh, contaminate that seed or kill that seed. Lord, I just speak right now to the seed of destiny, the seed of purpose, the seed even of prayer that has been lying dormant in hearts. Lord, I say right now, let it begin to germinate. Let it begin to bear fruit. Let it begin to grow. Let the right environment begin, begin to come around their lives right now now to cause them to mature. Even as I'm praying right now, I just feel like there's someone listening that for you to cause the seed of God in you, which you're feeling right now needs to grow. For you to see that grow in yourself and grow in your life, it's like there needs to be a change in some relationships around you right now. It may be a boyfriend or girlfriend, or it may be just a close friendship, but there needs to be almost like a shift because every time you get in that environment and because you spend so much time with this person or these people, it's like it's draining the life of God within you because you haven't grown strong enough to influence them. So they're influencing that life of God in you and you're finding that you're not actually progressing spiritually. So Lord, 
whoever that is, I pray right now that you would cause courage to arise and wisdom to be released to them to bring a shift over their relationships so that you can be glorified in a greater measure in their lives. Lord, I bless every listener right now with just the release of your presence in an increased measure in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Thank you so much for giving me yeah, your time and for sharing all the revelation. Thank you for the battles you've gone through that yeah, gives us the faith to go through our own and to believe that Jesus can conquer them. So yeah, just thanks so much, especially with a newborn baby and everything else going on. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you, Anna. It's been a pleasure. It's been amazing to join you on this and I hope uh, this goes out and just, I hope this will be a blessing to many people. I hope to connect with you some more after this. So God bless you all. So Matt and Sandeep, as you can tell, I love Prayerstorm and loved hearing from James and all about what he was saying. It's really changed, yeah, the way that I've done prayer and just really encouraged me to keep going. And even when I was when I was interviewing him, it really felt like, wow, this is like a word for me as well as I hope it reaches everyone else. But I wanted to know what stood out to you both when you were listening. Number one, his accent. I really liked his accent. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing with voices and especially listening to podcasts a lot as well. Voices are really, like, really important. So I really liked his accent and his voice. But onto the deeper stuff of what he actually said, there was two things that stood out for me. One was his emphasis about um, having a calling on your life. And, you know, he mentioned about overcoming the battles and moments where you doubt God's calling on your life. But just he kept mentioning it about having a call. And I think it's so... It was. It really just felt emphasised to me about how important it is to know your calling. Calling is basically knowing your purpose. And so to have that that calling that is like fit, that is that God says this is your calling. There's certain things God wants each one of us to do in our lifetime. And it goes beyond our feelings, beyond our desires, beyond what we think we can do. And I just loved how he uh, shared that about his calling. And another thing I loved what he said was about um, how we need the Holy Spirit to inspire us in our prayer lives. I just think if you if you ain't got the Holy Spirit helping you in that or giving us what we need to pray, it would be so boring, wouldn't it? But he mentioned about how you know, when he's been empowered by the Holy Spirit, that actually he's enjoyed his time of praying even more. And I can really identify with that. So I really like those two things. And for me, the things that stuck out really were, uh, he mentioned about not feeling like he was qualified or, or something to that effect. Those are the kinds of people that God wants to use. It's not the people mm-hmm. who, yeah, because then you give the glory to God rather than onto yourself. And there's so many people in the Bible who never felt qualified, but but God used them to do mighty things. When we think of Moses, like he led the whole of the people of Israel out of Egypt and he never felt like he was qualified as a speaker, for example, uh, and things like that. And he put people around him to help him. And yeah, even here, there were people that he had around him to help build something. In some cases, things didn't quite go how he imagined, but even still, like what he has today, what he's been able to create and build today is from just being open to Holy Spirit working in him and moving in him. And another thing as well is he mentioned about gymming in that you're building spiritual stamina, you're building spiritual strength and yeah, I think that's that's key as well. Building that relationship with God and getting further further and further and growing each day. So yeah, those are the things for me. 
Yeah, and I think like from all of this, it's about like aligning your perspective to what God's saying. So, you know, he might look at himself and say like, oh, I can't do Mm. this. Or, you know, when he was even talking about like having the courage to pray and just feeling like he didn't even want to, like he couldn't even get the words out. But actually like God sees him as someone who like has a powerful calling to start like prayer movements or God sees him as someone that he wants to like encounter and speak to and like share his revelation and truth with yeah it's like it's interesting you mentioned Moses Matt because I think when I wanted to grow and started to like pray more so many like insecurities just flare up like I got to this point where I was like I don't even know like how to pray which is funny because there isn't actually even like a set way to do Mm. it but I remember saying to God one time when I was leading like these two weeks of prayer I was like God I don't even know who I am like that bit when Moses like you know I stammer Mm. like how am I supposed to do this and then all God said back to me was literally like I am who I am and it wasn't about like who I am it was about who Mm. God is and although it was like quite a bold statement from God and I was a bit like all right okay it's just that security that we can focus on to then lead us in whatever we're doing like what James was saying about you know when you're like slipping Jesus hand is there Mm. to like hold you again it's okay if we slip it's okay if we feel like we're failing it's okay if we have insecurities like God's not asking us to be like superhuman but like Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith like Jesus is the one with his hand stretched out Mm. Yeah, it's just like a really beautiful moment in prayer that we can always like grab back onto that hand and be like, okay, pull us out, bring us to wherever you want to lead us. 100%. And we can stop and listen and be like, what do you want to say to me? And he'll maybe point you to a Bible verse or, or yeah, like you said, Anna, like he'll just come out with these things of like, look, I am who I am. <laughs> um, but it just points our eyes like to look up, doesn't it? Rather than to look at our situations around yeah. us. So thank you, Matt and Sandeep, so much for sharing that. It's been such a great episode to hear all about prayer from many different voices. And just wanted to let you guys know that we will be back again in December for another episode. Maybe a bit festive with some Christmas chat in there as well. But if you liked what you heard today, make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at We Are Fund. And as always, leave us a voicemail if you want to chat to us about anything or just share your thoughts. You could even ask us a Christmas question. See you next time.